With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. What in the wide, wide world of sports is going on here? Broadcasting live from the greatest city in the world. Austin, Texas, baby. It's Bucky and Aaron. You guys want to play some twos? You know what? Actually, we're kind of in the middle of a conversation. B and E. What's B and E? Bucky Godbolt, Aaron Hogan on the Horn 1049 AM 1260 and hornfm.com with the Longhorns play and Austin Talks Sports. B&E on the horn on a busy Monday. Recapping the great weekend. Basketball, hockey, baseball. All levels and uh, rolling through with the good, the bad, and the ugly. A lot of folks weighing in. <laughs> says, don't get me started on the numb nut leaders of our state government. Says Dan Patrick, the same guy that struck down a bill to let the people <laughs> vote on whether cannabis could be legalized. Thanks for not letting the people have a choice, Lieutenant Governor. Yeah, that does seem pretty hypocritical, Buck. You can... Not let the people even vote if they would like sports gambling in our state or cannabis, which raises, it makes a lot of money, Buck. Those two things, we just gave the numbers, that makes a lot of money. But those same people will say that an 18, you can't tell an 18-year-old he can't buy an assault rifle. That seems, is it freedom of your choice or is it, what is it? What's the deal? What's going on here? Give us a chance here. Give us a chance. But uh, nothing against Guns or but the an eighteen year old come on we it's the same it, it's a hypocritical argument to argue one way and not the other way to let the people vote at least on uh, major things going on in their own state but uh, you know not a I would so like we to have lieutenant more. governors why aren't you just governors enough isn't it well he's well, lieutenant governor is more powerful, powerful than, than the governor, governor. Yes. always has been the way the state has been uh, built and the state government has, has always been but yeah I mean that seems. Seems odd and at odds, you know, when one, one, one side of your mouth you're saying one thing and the other side you'll, you know, we'll, we'll protect you from this terrible gambling and this terrible marijuana. Uh, but, you know, guns and other things like that, no, 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 well, freedom, you know, wild, wild west, go get what you want. Uh, that seems at odds to me, but, you know, you can decide on that. Weed and gambling for the kids, come on. <laughs> come on. <right. laughs> Weed and gambling for the kids. Well, I mean, Doing it for the kids, huh? Well, and it's also the same side that, you know, it's about it's about generating revenue, right? I mean, gosh, the money generated from God. He just gave you the numbers. It's only been five years, and there have been 222 billion bets placed. I mean, it's, it's so it's popular, um, but, you know, that's, that's state politics. That's where we are. I think we... Ty, for sure, would like to have legalized sports gambling and where, casino gambling. Where in the state. would you want the first casino to be? Anywhere in anywhere in Texas? Where do you think the best downtown Austin on the lake on the river? The best no. Austin gambling? No, just in Texas. Like, where would you? Where would you, where would the the best place for a casino be in Texas? One of the big cities. Star Complex in Frisco, baby. <laughs> Jerry no. already owns all of Frisco, doesn't Rotoma he? Texan Park, Live. Texan Live, right outside the. Well, you know what they had at Frisco last week was that uh, Austin or the American Country Music Awards. They hosted that at the Cowboys Complex there in Frisco, Texas. 
with uh, Garth Brooks and Dolly Parton hosting that thing. Uh, they handed out all the awards. That was right there. Uh, Jerry, that's Jerry. Doesn't he own all that land? He owns. Would, a, I mean, you would immediately you would immediately go to the big billionaires like yeah, well, somebody Jerry, said the Hill Country, South Padre, Johnson Ooh. City. Well, yeah, Tillman Fertitta with Kima, the boardwalk down in the Houston area would be huge immediately. Galveston would immediately you know take off. Um, yeah, they. But you know, then people stop. South Padre over the intercoastal, the big casinos there. That'd be sick. Well, this one says that would guy, be sick. You know, somebody said the Kalahari Resort was built for future gambling. <laughs> Probably so. That's what I thought Ratama Park was, the, the way they built that. Horseshoe Bay. Ooh, Texas Live in Arlington. Yeah, that's, that. I think that's already pretty much set up like a sports Oh, they'd book. build a casino at Horseshoe Bay. That, yeah. But Texas Live, that, that'd probably be my pick. Right outside the Cowboys and the Rangers uh, Stadium. You can just hang out there. You don't even have to go to the game. Well, if we're one of the wealthiest area codes, believe me, it would be somewhere around here. Well, this this is the currently the wealthiest zip code in all of Texas. Build it, they will come. Seven eight seven. And they don't have to go six. that far. Then four six for life. Seven eight seven four six. Here's uh, Rodney Rodriguez on a text says uh, TMS. Uh, Texas Motor Speedway could become Ratama Park, Buck. There hey you now. go. Oh yeah. Jerry World. You could have. You know, you, they could have gambling inside the stadiums if they legal. They, are they going to have that in Vegas this year? Is that a thing now? Do they have the sports book in Allegiant Stadium there? I know that was an idea for a while. I heard somebody tell me that's the most beautiful stadium of all of them. Looks like the Death Star. Uh, which one? Allegiant Stadium in Vegas. Is that what it's called? Right. Uh, it looks like a Roomba. I like it. It looks like a, one of those, you know, those those black mm-hmm. vacuum cleaners that cruise around. It looks that's what it really looks like. Knocks them all the dog crap. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's just right off the strip. It's across the way, across the freeway, um, down there by Mandalay Bay. But yeah, the the Roomba in Vegas. Says uh, Elon Musk would build on building a casino if it was legalized. Well, I think a lot of people would. Del Valley. Well, I mean, look out there. I mean, look at the look, are the airport. Texas, yeah. Texas is one of, if not the richest state in the union. Right? We, with the the population base and the the, the tech sector and the money raised made here, uh, the, everybody's moving to this state between Texas and California. Right? I mean, well, what states have it? Right? They're they're not nearly as 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 wealthy of states like Oklahoma and Louisiana and. Mississippi. I mean, these are basically poor states in the in the big picture compared to comparatively. If Texas legalized it, I mean, it would immediately. Yeah, but there's also New York, Pennsylvania, Ohio, Jersey, Jersey, California. They all have legal gambling. Sure, okay. But the question is, why wouldn't Texas if it's legal? Because we love God too much. It's a sin. I think that's the the line of thinking there from our from our you know leaders. Yeah, but again, it's it's. Well, God's been a Patriots fan for a while. Selective governance. Um, He's off again, not, now. This is not don't get don't don't jump the text line. This is not a gun debate. I'm not going to get into that. But they just passed a law. I mean, they tried. To, some people tried to push through an idea of that you had to be 21 to buy one of the AR-15 rifles. Right? Uh, it's it's 18 now. And but so the same people who fight for the the 18 year old 18 limit that you can buy one after 18. Then say, well, no, but you can't legally sports gamble. We're going to protect you from gambling and, and marijuana. You can't buy a handgun to your twenty one. Right. It just it just doesn't line up with common sense. Well, you got you got to think about all the rural rural areas in Texas, and do you think those people want gambling and marijuana? And that's the majority of the voters. You know, well, the majority of the voters are in are in Dallas, Houston, San Antonio, and the the I thirty five corridor. Three 
four ci- or four cities. Yeah, obviously, uh, it's a large pop- bulk of the population. Yeah, all, land like, mass and land size would be the rest of Texas. But yeah, look, I understand it's a big state. There's a lot of uh, different. I'll be the commissioner um, of the casino down in Dripping. But all I would say is, okay, fine. Why wouldn't you let it be put to a vote where the people of the state could vote on yay or nay? That seems like a fair compromise. I don't think it would pass still. Well, then, and it may not. It absolutely may not. But you never know if you don't vote on it. I right. think weed has a better chance of passing than, than gambling. Well, I don't know that either would, but at the same time, look, because folks who are for it, advocates would vote for it. And then folks who are for revenue, more libertarian types, would vote for the, the tax revenue that would come in from it and generate um, because it's, it's a huge influx of, ta- of cash. Uh, and, and again, it, it creates jobs. It creates business. It, uh, you know, people flock over to Louisiana and Oklahoma to go to these casinos where they would just stay right here and keep that money in the state of Texas. I mean, there's, there's arguments for and against. And all, all I think most common sense folks would say is just let them vote. What's, what's the idea? Well, why would you prohibit it from getting to the idea where the people could actually vote on yay or nay? And as Ty said, it, it very well might not pass, and that's fine. But at least the people had a voice, and the people got their chance. Now, they will say, well, you get to vote for your elected officials, and we know how that goes, too. So uh, either way, it's uh, a debate going on in the state house. Doesn't look like it's going to happen. No, it looks like they're going to quell that. Yeah, you know, and it, you know, I was told at the very beginning of that, and this is not a surprise that you know it's Dan Campbell, or Dan Campbell, it's uh, it's uh, Dan Patrick. If if Dan Patrick gets all, gets behind it, it'll happen. If he doesn't, it won't. It won't, right? And that's where it ends. So, uh, our lieutenant governor would be the reason. And as I said earlier, just to to reiterate the numbers, and then they're pretty staggering, Buck. In five years, and in the thirty four uh, states in which it's legal. $220 billion in wagers placed in a five-year period, $3 billion generated in tax revenue in those states. I mean, that's, that's a lot of money. Um, but, you know, uh, the state not going there. It says, we have casinos in Livingston and Eagle Pass. Now, those are the Indian casinos, right? Mm-hmm. Those, are, those are the Indian reservations. They, they already have those. That is correct. Um, I was not aware of that. Yeah, it's true. That is true. Um, and that's that they they generate revenue that way. Do you think there's money from like the Indian Reservation and Oklahoma and you know the gambling commission Louisiana funneling into Texas to like stop them from passing these bills? Because that would have say a, that again. Do you, think, do you think there's money like lobbyists People, coming lobby, in yeah, from oh, Oklahoma sure. and oh, Louisiana? For sure. Yeah, well, oh. they, they'd rather you to go to Louisiana and Oklahoma, I would think. Again, and I think most level-headed folks would just say, let them, let them vote, and if it passes, it passes. If it doesn't, it doesn't. And I think there's there's a strong chance it wouldn't pass. I really do think that because you know, the people – you know why, Buck? Because young people don't vote. The people who do vote every time are, are older, uh, and they don't want gambling. They don't want marijuana. That's probably why it would pa- wouldn't pass, and that also goes to – I don't know. If it, that vote was out. I think <laughs> it also goes to a bigger problem that not enough people actually get involved and vote. They said they bitch about it, uh, but they don't actually go to the polls when it's time to go to the polls. Um, but you know, that's a different conversation for a different day. Uh, but how'd you how'd you do gambling this weekend, Ty? Illegally? Uh, <laughs> it was a just a twenty dollar loss on the weekend after going up and down throughout the weekend. I I would li- I was live betting the Warriors a hundred dollars every single time they would go down by ten, and that did not work out well. So. Good, good for all you Lakers fans out there, but I'm sticking to my pick, Denver 4-1. Put it in the books now. Oh, my goodness. Also, from the world of big money, big money, 
Uh, it looks like Daniel Snyder and his wife have sold the Washington Commanders officially to the to the group led by Josh Harris. Six point oh five billion be the most expensive team sale in uh, sports history, surpassing the Denver Broncos. And um, uh, the, it's a big group of uh, of investors there. That includes Magic Johnson, by the way. Big Magic Johnson. What has he done? He's going to be part Probably of the NFL. Invest again. And this, I mean, if things keep going and there's no more uh, speed bumps on this. The owners have another round of owners meetings coming up. I think it's in June, so next month, and uh, that's probably where this would get pushed through in a stamp. hurry. Yeah, it just takes the, the owners' vote. You know, the billionaires, the billionaires' vote. Well, and look, this I've read a lot of stuff over the weekend that uh, the other owners really like this group. Uh, Josh Harris and some of the financing behind this—they're they're really smart, sharp business people. Look, when you you know when you bring in a new owner, you want somebody to bring something to the table from a business acumen side. I mean, helping you to run the league and make smart decisions and. I mean, look what Jerry Jones has done from a business perspective for the NFL. I mean, his ideas and his, you know, being a renegade at times has been one of the bigger reasons why this thing has grown like mm-hmm. it has with, with Jerry Jones thinking outside the box and kind of changing the way the old guard was doing things. Uh, and when it comes to licensing and in-stadium revenues and TV deals and all the things that Jerry has pushed, um, you know, it, an owner like that, a real smart one that's a business guy, can come in and, and make smart decisions. Daniel Snyder wasn't. I mean, Daniel Snyder is a dope, I mean, but he's one of the 32. Uh, but you want to bring in smart people that know what they're doing, and it does feel like this this new Washington group, uh, a lot of shrewd, smart business types. Yeah, they're going to fix that whole stadium stuff too. Well, you know what? If they are smart, what they'll do, the first thing is they're going to announce that they're going to, re, they're going to build a new stadium, and they're going to build it down where the old RFK stadium mm-hmm. was. They're going back. and they're. I, I read a bunch of uh, uh, Washington fans saying that you should also re- – Get rid of Commanders because no one likes Commanders. They want to change the name again. Go back to Washington Football Team or whatever. I, I, I like that way better. Me too, hundred percent. Washington Football Team. I think that's WFT. I think that was. Uh, I like that one. I still call it that most of the time. Washington FT. I don't like the Washington Red Commanders. The com- the commies. That's what people call. What was it? The girl on Nashville, the Nashville Street called the the Atlanta Falcons. The Atlanta the Red Reds, Bur- the Red Stallions. Red Stallions. Red Stallions. The Red Stallions. <laughs> Yeah, 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 and B. John Robinson was running around at a rookie minicamp for the Atlanta Red Stallions. The over Red the Stallions. Wearing his number seven. Um, this says Arizona Cardinals will be the next team forced to sell. No, could be. I mean, they forced Daniel Snyder out because, well, and you know, Daniel Snyder's a shady dude and was doing shady stuff. Uh, we know that, but it really came to came to a head when they realized he was skimming the books and skimming Is that the, them. still the Bidwell family? Yeah. Michael they've been Bidwell. around a long time, and they've always been, you know, cheap owners. Um, you know, moving from St. Louis to Arizona, and the Bidwells, Bidwells, the the Brown family in Cincinnati. Um, you know, before his passing, Bud Adams and the Adams family with Houston and then Tennessee. Those have always seemed to be, you know, the cheaper, cheap type owners. So you're telling me the St. Louis Cardinals baseball team and the St. Louis Cardinals ba- football team were in St. Louis at the same time? Yes. Did they were they owned by the same family or was that just a Bidwell's Bidwell's owned it and moved it and that's when the when the uh, St. Louis Rams came online right. and then was they went back expansion? to Los Angeles or they came from Los Angeles came from L A to St. Louis yeah. to replace the St. Louis mm-hmm. Cardinals who had gone to Phoenix and uh, then of course you know another billionaire owner bought the St. Louis Rams and moved Stan Kroenke and moved him out to L A into that fancy new billion dollar stadium and St. Louis is without an NFL team. There you go, uh, but yeah, cheap owners, cheap owners. But these, this apparently will not be a group of cheap owners. Like the the new Denver owners, 
I mean, that's like that's the Walmart fortune. I mean, this is this is Walton money that's coming into the NFL and to run it. And yeah, I think the the texture's right. I mean, the owners would like to get rid of the if they could. And you can't you can't get rid of an owner just because he's bad at business, right? You can, but it's got to be something nefarious and and sure. scoundrelly, which is what Daniel Snyder was. And I don't think what, the Bidwells have ever been into that. No, they're just cheap. They're just cheap, and always tr- traditionally have been. Uh, with how they run their organization. I mean, the Cincinnati, the fact that they have Joe Burrow and Joe Burrow's taking them to Super Bowls, you know, the Brown family no- notoriously penny-pinching when it oh, comes yeah. to you know, facilities and, and taking care of their team. And, um, you know, they, they got lucky and drafted Joe Burrow, and all of a sudden they're— and They better get ready because they're going to pay him. Oh, yeah. You know, they'll pay him. But notoriously, they've been cheap for sure uh, there. But, this, I mean, you can't get into this league now for under $5 billion. No. So. You know, for for a lot of them, like, and this is like the family business. Like the Bidwells just always owned the team, and uh, the Bud Adams family now they just always own the team. Uh, Paul, the, you know, the Brown family in Cincinnati is the same thing, uh, and they don't have any interest in selling. Now Jerry Jones, that's such a great story with the Cowboys that you know when the Cowboys were at their lowest, Jerry put all his money on the table and went in and bought that team for under two hundred million dollars. Under two hundred million dollars, just consider that in the late eighties. That's crazy. You could sell it for ten billion now. Plus, I, <laughs> I mean, it's unbelievable. Uh, but and, and again, Jerry is a trailblazer. Whatever we think of Jerry being the general manager, which he should have given up a long time ago, he is one of the the, the most you know the, the the top owners as far as for sure creating new revenue streams and and growing the league. Um, you know, Robert Kraft, uh, Jerry Jones, even Arthur Blank in Atlanta, uh, Stan Kroenke. Those are the guys that are kind of credited with. Um, because you know, remember, the, the, they were a $10 billion league, and the stated goal was to be a $20 billion league, and they're on their way. They're on their way to getting there, uh, which is why you're hearing, but you see Jacksonville Buck, another you know, smaller, smaller market. They're not going to be able to play in their home stadium for two years because of renovations in that stadium. You're trying to ship them across the pond yeah, anyway. More and more momentum that they're going to become the London, the London fog at some point here <laughs> uh, because the, the, the London werewolves mo- of London. Monarchs. Ooh, Monarchs is good. There you go. I like. I like. What did you say? The werewolves, the werewolves of London. That's pretty cool. The Jokers. The London werewolves with uh, Trevor Lawrence at the helm. Well, because uh, Jacksonville. Now look, will Jacksonville support that team with stadium renovations? And if Trevor Lawrence keeps taking them to the playoffs, probably. But at the same time, the market size and and you know the NFL would love to have the UK and London on board. And whenever they go over, they they do get good crowds. Wouldn't I mean, you like to see a, a team in Mexico City first, though? I think just logistically that that would work out a lot better. And the, uh, there'd be more fans there, I think, too. I think football in Mexico is a bigger thing than it is in, in London. In the fair, UK. fair question. Yeah, I would agree. Fair question. Um, but, you know, it just Imagine takes... just filling up Azteca Stadium for every week for NFL games. That'd be That'd be cool. Says Jerry Jones paid 140 million on a credit card in 1989. Yeah, oh yeah. No, he's told that story, man. He, he scrapped everything he had, every nickel he had to to make it. Put a lot of it on credit, and now he's got the wealthiest franchise, the you know most valuable franchise in the world, uh, arguably. Uh, so there's some NFL business side gambling. Franchise sales, part of a good, bad, and ugly Monday. We'll come back in, get back to that uh, Celtics' dominant performance yesterday. Jason Tatum, where does that one rank on all-time Game 7 performance? It's got to be pretty high. And, of course, James Harden, Joel Embiid, Doc Rivers, uh, doing what they normally do in big moments. It's being on the horn. It's Bucky and Aaron. Appreciate everybody weighing in on the uh, debates of the uh, morning, the sports 
gambling debate. Good, bad, and ugly on a Monday morning, recapping the weekend. We roll on to the top of the hour. Top of the hour, we'll hand the baton to light the tower with Craig and leave Jeff is out again until Jeff Howell will be back tomorrow. And then uh, Cameron Parker will be there. Cameron will have some good stuff on the baseball playoffs from this weekend with Round Rock and Westlake and Georgetown, Rouse, uh, Cedar Park, all those teams that have advanced uh, in the Texas State High School baseball playoff run. Uh, great series coming up with Round Rock and Westlake this weekend. A couple of state highly ranked teams. Uh, the winner advances. The loser season will be over. NBA playoffs are down to four now, Buck. And what a, as Ty reminded us earlier this morning, it's the same Final Four from the bubble year, the COVID year, where they played down there in Disneyland. Um, but this has a different feel to it because obviously they'll be in their home arenas again. And it, it's obviously the two biggest and most iconic brands and franchises in the, in the uh, sports history, right, with the Celtics and Lakers. Um, gosh, they've won 30-plus championships combined, 35-plus championships combined. But then you have these two kind of, I don't say the heater up start because they've been there, but you have the Nuggets who have never been to a finals trying to get to their first ever. And they have this humble, stay-out-of-the-limelight superstar in Nikola Jokic. That's the one thing. In addition to playing in the Rocky Mountains and in Denver, Nikola Jokic, Buck, is famously uh, just to himself. I mean, he's famously not— Famously infamous. Yeah, he likes to be infamous. He doesn't do media much. But he's the absolute stone-cold leader of that locker room. I mean, he absolutely leads that room uh, for Michael Malone. But he, he, he diverts attention. He doesn't want the spotlight. If you ask him about himself, he's going to talk about his team. He's a total me, uh, we guy. Uh, and he's the best big in the league. So you have that contrast with the Lakers, who are all the glitz and LeBron and uh, the Lake Show and all of that. That's going to be a really compelling matchup. And then you have the Celtics and all their tradition and history and what Jason Tatum just did. And they were in the finals a year ago. Against the Heat, who are an eight seed, who just, you know, it's getting more and more recognized that, that Eric Spolster has never won a Coach of the Year award. Not one time. And he might be very well as pound for pound the best coach in the league. And, um, you know, with he and Pat Riley together, they've built something really special there. And, you know, this is what I think, kind of off the, off the, the, the Nikola Jokic conversation, is that in a, in a league of, of prima donnas and a league of egos, you can't play for the Heat if you don't check your ego at the door. No, because everybody's going to have to work hard. Everybody's going to yeah. have to practice hard. You're not allowed on the team, essentially. And if you are and you bring your ego, you're going to get run off the team. I was reading a great article on TheAthletic.com over the weekend about this and how he, you know, he's, he's a very thoughtful guy, he's a, he's, but he's a meticulous worker, Eric Spolstra. And that started back with LeBron. Yeah. And he... Um, but he likes he he thro- he he believes in confrontation. Like he believes in like the stuff with Jimmy Butler on the court side last year. I mean, the Heat is built on compassion, he says, but also confrontation. If you have a problem, you have to address it head on. You don't let those things fester. You do not. You deal with it. And uh, as you said, Buck, he he learned that as a young coach dealing with the egos of LeBron and Dwayne Wade and Chris Bosh and trying to mm-hmm. bring them together. And it was Pat Riley who's always had that you know we mentality over me. Uh, you can't come in the building if you've got a me mentality. We're coming in with we. And, you know, Spolster is the perfect coach to enact that in his locker room. And this is this is what they've got going for them, right? They're they're kind of built for the playoffs. They're not a regular season team, but unlike a lot of teams in the NBA, they they believe in one another, they're connected, and they they practice hard, right? They they practice physical. So when they get in these big spots in the playoffs, they're ready to handle the physicality, you know, the different, you know, referees. Yeah, they get their get. days of work in. Yeah. And he's a great coach, man. He's a great coach. But can they beat the Celtics? Is Jimmy Butler? Um, there is no chance Tyler Hero comes back, right, Ty? 
NBA Finals. NBA Finals, he could be back. If Maybe he gets late there. this series if, if things you know accelerate in his recovery process. Well, this is what's kind of cool. I think, I think finally Eric Spolstra, if he can get his team to the Finals or even in this series, will get the due because he, I think he was seen by a lot of people for a long time as just riding the coattails of LeBron and Dwayne Wade and the Heat, right? When he was just that good-looking you know, face, of, face of the team. He's a lot more than that, and now without any of those guys, he's got them back on the verge. He had them in the finals again in the bubble, and uh, he's just a—he's the best coach in the league. Worked his way up from the bottom. He did cut video for the Heat. Yeah, and uh, you know he says one of the defining moments of his coaching career, Ty, was when the when they lost to the Mavericks, four games to two in that series, and he blamed himself a hundred percent. He felt like he got out coached in that by Rick Carlisle. He—he—he uh, he, he let Rick Carlisle you know dictate what his offense would do. And um, you know, he went about changing himself and how he coached. And, uh, of course, they went on to win a couple of championships and get to, what, three or four finals with that group uh, after that failure against the Mavericks. But uh, compare that, Buck, with uh, your guy, Doc Rivers. You know Doc Rivers has now coached seven teams that have blown a 3-1 or 3-2 series lead? Seven times. That's on him. He's had a team that was one win away from advancement. It's hard to believe those numbers like that, but he does have a championship. He does. He does, but he's got more failures than he has championships. Well, I would say most of them do. Is that similar to like Mike McCarthy in the NFL? Yeah, has a Super Bowl, considered a good coach for the most similar, part, but all, has some has some fallacies that you know stand out in the playoffs. Yeah, well, look, he had a three-one lead in twenty twenty versus the Nuggets with the Clippers. Three-one lead against the Rockets in twenty fifteen with the Clippers. Three-one uh, lead with the Pistons way back in 03 with a three-one lead, and then he's had three-two leads. Four other times, including this series, where I mean, it, you know, it, obviously it gets magnified. The assistant when just... should coach once he gets to the playoffs. <laughs> yeah, somebody, hey, chief of staff, you take over here yeah. because I'm about to choke gonna, this thing away. Yeah, I'm not going to choke this. I'll, I'll watch you do it. Well, and no, and no better example than Game Six of that series when they're at home, up two points with six minutes to play, and they go up about scoring three points the rest of the way. You know that that some of that has to fall on the coach. Make an adjustment. Yeah. Put somebody fresh in, you know, like it. You saw that from we were talking about the Mavericks finals in 2011. The the turning point of that finals is when Rick Carlisle decided to start JJ Barea. Yeah, and uh, they the Heat didn't have an answer for it, and they completely shook up what the Mavericks were doing and what the Heat were trying to do. You never see anything like that from from Doc Rivers. Not that they had a JJ Barea that could spark a team like that, but there had to be something you could you could do in the end of a game to score more than three points at home. Well said. I just like this matchup. You've got two glitzy glamour teams, uh, traditional all-time teams, and then two probably underappreciated, one in a coach, and a guy a superstar like Jimmy Butler who's now playing for the perfect coach for him because they're, they're similar in their, their bulldog mindset. And uh, then you've got Nikola Jokic trying to burst onto the big stage here, kind of like Giannis did a couple years ago and finally win that championship, right? Nikola's been a two-time MVP. Um, he doesn't get, and he doesn't really want a lot of the acclaim. But at the same time, he's got a chance to win and do something. You know, Nuggets have never he wants been that there. ring. Yeah. Uh, this says, uh, oh, Craig Flowers with a good text. It says, peer reviews, guys. They do it. Elite mindset. Elite mindset. Well, that's, that's the number one thing that the, they'll, they'll tell you in Miami with the culture is they hold each other accountable. There is no we. It's, it's us. Or there is no me. It's us. And if someone gets out of line and starts talking about me, then they get snatched. You know, the team snatches them. Yeah, it's uh, interesting where Eric Spolster talks about LeBron and – how he does things, and his locker is clean. It's clean in front of his locker. Yeah. All his clothes, is, they're all, the clothes are all hung up just right. It's, he said he's not, not sloppy about anything. Practice. 
Well, and uh, Eric Spolster did say that about LeBron recently, We're talking back about him. Like, he was never late for anything. His locker right. was pristine. We think it matters. How you do anything is how you do everything, which, you know, I think that we can borrow that for everyday life. If you have someone that's consistently late, not showing up on time for meetings, not showing up, um, you know, that, that's that's probably how they're, they're, they're probably all the time that way. Yeah, it's and the other side is they true started too. that way. The best thing you can do for yourself is make your bed in the morning. So do one thing right. Start the day off right. Make your bed. My wife's still in the bed when I leave in the morning, so I can't do that. <laughs> no, I don't get to make the bed. <laughs> uh, but yes, I, I think that is good. It, and it goes to the same mindset. You know, handle your tasks. How you do one thing is how you do everything, for sure. And that that's a that's a that's a case from Eric Spolster for, for LeBron because he is a great player. He's an all-time, you know, one of the greatest five players of and all time. And he could time. get away with doing things uh, yeah. in the other way, too. Yeah, he absolutely. Uh, and gosh, that's for all the criticism LeBron takes, and I understand it, I mean, the fact that he was so hyped at such a young age and has been, I mean, there's never been a Ja Morant moment for LeBron James, for crying out loud. Ja's had four this year that just stand out as troubling. Right, he just sees that kid's career get wasted. And LeBron has been not perfect because no one is, but uh, his teammates would tell you he's a great teammate. And um, and Delonte West is his best teammate. Delonte West. Happy Mother's Day, LeBron. I think is Delonte West. Um, I don't think he's doing too hot again. Is he deceased? No, he's homeless in Dallas. Homeless. Oh, that's right. Didn't Mark Cuban try to help him? Mm-hmm. Because yeah, the reports were back in the day that Delonte West was mixing it up with LeBron's mama back in the day on the motorcycles. Yeah, and then LeBron knew that. Remember when he fell apart against the Celtics that series? It just and who wouldn't mentally check out when you realize your mom's with one of your teammates? I mentally crushed. I would have mentally crushed that little dude. That's, that's <laughs> hilarious. <laughs> Didn't that, that happen in the Spurs locker room too? Didn't it? Wasn't a mom, but it was uh, Tony to, Parker and Brett Berry, right? Really? Yeah. What with a wife? Yeah. Like when? Well, yes. I feel like that happens. That did happen. That happens more than we probably Spurs know. Spurs fans about. will tell me how that all went down. That was salacious. That was bad stuff happening in the Spurs locker room back. It was Tony Parker and Brent Barry. I remember those two key figures, and then there were ladies involved, or a lady involved. You know, not good. What about Tim Duncan? What about Tim Duncan? See, there you got to go. Why do you have to do <laughs> that? People calling about Bob Balloon. See, there's no reason to do that. Jeez, Louise, Ty, what are you doing? What are you doing? Uh, yeah, no, the, the new in, 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 uh, example of that is the New York Jets backup quarterback, Zach Wilson, right? I saw a bunch of tweets yesterday. Zach Wilson's favorite day, Mother's Day. <laughs> Remember the uh, Jets quarterback who better watch inf- out, Aaron Rodgers. Inf- infamously, may have been having relations with his mother's best friend. Is that right? Is that what it was? Yeah, and yeah. his girlfriend. Then there's good boys. There's good young friend. boys like the Clemson head coach, who Dabo. Yeah, good guys on Mother's Day. That's right. What he do? He kept oh, his mother safe. Mom. He kept his mother safe. The same bed with his mom for three years in college. Still what? weird. You well, did, that's wait a, a minute, story. Ty. Come on. You never heard that story? You can look it up. It's true. ESPN did a full story on the bed they slept in. What? Why? He brought that bed to it. Did he bring that Wasn't bed with him? Was he playing football at Alabama? I think he still has the bed in his house now in Clemson or wherever he lives. That's yeah. that's that's strange. No, the story his was, mother was cause, abused. Because remember, Dabo was he played at Alabama. Yeah. And he was, I believe, he's a walk-on at Alabama, and he played for Gene Stallings. And when he was there, his mother and his father or stepfather, whatever, was an abusive relationship. So she moved to be with him to get away. And she didn't sleep on the couch. She didn't sleep on the couch. She slept at his house. And uh, look, you go see the whole thing. Dabo did a whole ESPN did a piece on it. So it's safe to say Dabo didn't get any in college. No, no, oh no, 
He, she, they, <laughs> they slept in the same bed for like three seasons, he said. Like, wow, that's that still is, weird. That is weird. Yeah, Hold up. Couch, guest room. I'm a kid. I'll go sleep on the couch. I would sleep on the floor. <laughs> I sleep I mean, it's cool, like maybe one night sharing a bed with your mother, but I'd, I'd rather sleep on the floor every night, get my mom the bed. Your college career? Yes. <laughs> hey, Dabo. Well, you know. Good son. Great son. Great on Mother's son. Day. That's a great old time. That's right. Son. Zach Wilson, not so much. What are you doing? What are you doing over there with my best friend, Zach? Dabo's the all time best son. I think that's probably true. Protecting his mama. And that's where Cade Klubnick will play his football this year, the former Best Lake Chaparral. He's a very good kid as well. He is a great kid. Great kid. But uh, Dabo. Remember, then he had Deshaun Watson called him Michael Jordan and Cleats, and who knew, right? Who knew? Who knew with Deshaun what Watson? What Deshaun was dabbling <laughs> into. Hey, you know, he liked massages. Uh, all right, we'll be back. We'll reset our top stories and get you set up for the rest of the day here on The Horn. It's a busy Monday. Good, bad, and ugly. It's Bucky and Aaron. Good on CB. Chris Bennett on Twitter has sent me the link to the story that uh, ESPN first did on Clemson's coach Dabo Swinning his mom. I have retweeted that. I'll also retweet this story. The report back in the Tony Parker cheated on Eva Longoria with Brent Berry's wife. That was the salacious Spurs story we were discussing. What was wrong with Eva? You got me on that one. <laughs> you have to ask TP. I don't know. Um, yeah. Hey, by the way, the place to be this weekend or tonight, you know, there's no NBA tonight. The first game of the uh, Lakers-Nuggets series is tomorrow night, and then game one of the Eastern Finals is Wednesday night. Tonight, though, the place to be is Big D, Dallas, Texas. Game seven, stars cracking. Let's go. Also down in Arlington there, we're the home of the Arlington Renegades, the champions of the XFL over the weekend. Congratulations to Bob Stoops. How about Bob Stoops? Think he's going to put that prominently next to his national championship? Yes, and he will. Hang the banner. Hang the banner. Champion of the XFL. They were the underdogs, too. They won that game over do D.C. They, do they play those games at Jerry World? No, they play no them way. at uh, the old Ranger Ballpark, don't Ranger. they? Oh, they do. Yeah, the old Ranger hey, Park. We can hang one up there. Hang it. Hang it. That's a championship, y'all. Uh, but right across the street there at Globe Life Field tonight, the Texas Rangers, first place at 25-15, and 15, will open up a series with the equally first place in 25-15 and 15 Atlanta Braves. Atlanta Braves, great series up there in Arlington this week. That'll be a lot of fun. Charlie Morton, Charlie Effing Morton on the mound for the Braves against Bradford. Who's Bradford? He hasn't pitched yet. We got a new guy coming I in to pitch for the no Rangers. I have no idea who that is. C. Bradford. Don't know who that is. Maybe a, it's probably a Round Rock Express guy, huh? Maybe. Good point there, Ty. Cody Bradford uh, from Alito, Texas. I guess he's making his debut tonight for the Rangers. You know some details, let me know. Uh, Astros are playing the Cubs. So the Astros went from the White Sox to the Cubs, but they'll play in Houston. They wrapped up that long road trip. So that's on tonight. But, yeah, all eyes in the hockey world will be on Game 7, Kraken Stars. What time does that start? Uh, Please tell me it's like 7, 7.30. Yeah, by the way, why did the game last night start at like 10 o'clock? Oh, what was going on I with that? I stayed up for the whole thing. It yeah. ended at midnight. Why did they start that game so late? Because it was in, it was in Edmonton, which is West Coast. I guess. Uh, NHL tonight. Uh, let me look. Time on the uh, puck drop. Seven o'clock. Seven Thank o'clock. God. Thank God. Seven o'clock. You get a reprieve. But that will be for all the, uh, well, for the series. Moving on. Right? You think Tom McKay is heading up for that game tonight? I guarantee it. Yes. Probably. Are you going yeah, yes. to yes. take a ride with him? Yeah, Tom, Tom, if you got an extra seat, I'll come up with you and drive back tonight. Would you make it back for the show? Oh, yeah. That's, that's one that you, you can't miss right there. Can't. Game seven, two best words in sports, baby. <laughs> it is, especially in hockey. 
I mean, if you haven't watched any of that series, it won't matter if you just watch tonight. I mean, you'll and that's going to be an unbelievable finish. And uh, this Kraken team, right? This is their first year. Second, second, second year. year. They're brand new. Brand new hockey expansion teams have had great success in in recent. I mean, Vegas. It's only what their fourth, fifth year. Yeah, and they they went to the Stanley Cup final in their I think their first or second year as well and won it. Same they? with Carolina, wasn't it? Yeah, uh, that was a while back. I mean, but it, they were. Yeah, they. I mean, they I think the I think the way the, the expansion draft works in the NHL is a little bit different to where it gives those teams a shot at getting you know having immediate other players. Success. Yeah, immediate success. Did you uh, remember the, the, when the NFL did that? Remember when Jacksonville and Carolina came in and they had such immediate success because they gave them so many oh, yeah. com- 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 draft picks and because they had so they had so screwed the Cleveland Browns when they came back with their their rebuild and and that, what they, what the rules were that they almost went too far the other way for the Carolina Panthers and Jacksonville and both of those teams were like in the championship game in their conference yeah, within two years. Coach Tom was, Coughlin, yeah, and then Carolina was really good early. Oh, uh, yeah. The late, great Mike Mazur, Mike Mazur. Offensive line coach. The late, great Mike Mazur. You're a good buddy. Yep. Good buddy. All right, it's so a good night in sports, uh, especially in the Metroplex. Game 7, Rangers-Braves, Astros-Cubs down in Houston. And, of course, we'll get ready for the conference finals tipping off tomorrow. Also, we'll look forward to the uh, PGA Championship, which tees off up there in Rochester, New York, on Thursday. Keep, a, keep an eye on the weather there in May. Golf second major. We'll tee off after Jason Day won the Byron Nelson with a 62 yesterday. That was good stuff. Uh, we'll also look forward to Texas and West Virginia in a conference regular season wrapping up series in which the Longhorns mathematically buck could win the Big 12 regular season if they were to sweep West Virginia. Now, West Virginia would just have to beat Texas one time to eliminate them from contention for that crown. Got to have them all. Got to have them all. And you also need Oklahoma to beat Oklahoma State one time in their three-game series, and the Longhorns could still be the one seed in the right. Big 12 regular season champion. They could also fall to seventh if it doesn't go well this Boy, weekend. Boy, that's hard from first yeah. to seventh. Yeah, that's amazing wow. how jumbled the Big the Big 12 is. Could be first or seventh, depending on the outcome of Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. Every hour podcast at hornfm.com. Light the tower next.